Well, hello, good morning, and thanks for joining us. I hope that you and your family had a, uh, a Merry Christmas. Uh, we are going to be finishing up our Advent series here this morning, uh, and we're going to be talking about peace. Uh, if I don't know you, my name is Adam Rapp. I'm a, a city group leader here uh, at Scarlet City and uh, help uh, to lead some of our global partnerships uh, as well. So as I mentioned, today we're going to be looking at, uh, at peace, and surely there's no need uh, for me to... to harp on the need for peace uh, in our lives, right? I mean, we live in a pretty divisive time um, from the current political climate to the uh, racial injustices that we saw. Um, and even in this pandemic that has caused a lot of strife and anxiety for people, we need peace now more than ever. So uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about how Advent reminds us that peace is available to us uh, through Christ, and, uh, and also about how we get to look forward to a uh, secure and everlasting peace in Christ's future reign. So we're going to start out by reading uh, in the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, if you'd like to open. Uh, your Bible's there, and you can follow along with me. So, it says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of the hosts will accomplish this. So we see here uh, right away in, in uh, verse 6 that peace is really something that's defining of Jesus' mission. He's called the Prince of Peace. Um, and that's really the major reason why he came to earth as a human. And that's what we remember during this time. We remember Christ coming and being born as an infant because of his purpose to, to go and to die on the cross so that we might be forgiven for our sins and have a, a relationship with him uh, again. And that is so core to his mission that he's called the Prince of Peace. If you talk about what does peace mean on a universal scale, you have to talk about Jesus, right? You can't do the history of pop music without talking about Michael Jackson, right? I mean, he's the king of pop. And you can't talk about what does peace truly mean without talking about Jesus, right? And it starts with, uh, it starts with something that's much deeper um, than just political or societal peace. That's probably where our minds go to first if, when you hear the word peace, but when the Bible talks about peace, it means something that's much deeper than that. First and foremost, it's a spiritual peace. It means, it means peace with God, our Maker, that, uh, that we are most truly and fully human when we are living at peace with God. We're living as who God created us to be. So first we have peace with God. That leads us to the ability to have greater peace within ourselves, within our own soul, to experience 
uh, wholeness and the integration um, that we are living in line with what, what we've been made for. And we, we search for peace in many different ways, in relationships, um, in, in work to try to find a sense of significance or worth. Um, and the message of the Bible is that you can look for peace in all those other places, but they're going to fall short until you come to the point where you are at peace with God. The other thing that we learn from this is that uh, peace starts there, but it doesn't end there. It continues to flow out into other areas of the world, uh, and and uh, we have the opportunity to build uh, greater peace with others around us. So the biblical idea of, uh, of shalom is not just the absence of fighting, but it's really, it's, it's more comprehensive than that. It's fuller than that. Um, and it, it really has to do with human um, flourishing. And so uh, we read here in verse 7 that uh, under Christ's rule as the Prince of Peace, that there's going to be no end to the increase of peace. That's something that's really uh, fascinating to think about, right? Like you can't have too much peace. We go to great lengths to try to find even just a sliver of peace, right? We spend good money on vacation. We travel many, many miles to find even just uh, a moment of relaxing peace on the beach. And then guess what? A week later, two weeks later, it's gone. We're right back where we were before. <laughs> so this is great news that uh, there's not going to be in a, uh, an end to this peace, that it's, that it's going... It's, it's unending. It's not incomplete. It's full and everlasting, right? Um, I think for many of us, that especially those of us that have parents, right, we can uh, we can sympathize sympathize with the situation where we come into the room. There's lots of yelling and bickering. You know, the kids are at each other's throats, and our gut reaction is is Hey, cut it out, right? Be quiet, right? And uh, you may end up with a begrudging peace. You may end up with a truce, you know, where we're going to be quiet, but we're not really getting along and, and we're just kind of kind of keep things cool and fly under the radar while mom and dad are around. Um, the biblical picture of peace is something much deeper and more complete than that. As I mentioned, it has to do with, uh, with human flourishing. And so, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what does that mean on the grand scale. You know, the, the, uh, the gospel is the story of God working through human history in creation, uh, the fall, redemption, and restoration. And when we talk about Advent, Advent really speaks to those last two in a, uh, in a deep way, right? We mentioned already that Christ's mission was... Uh, was to bring us back into relationship with God, to, to pay that debt so that we could be redeemed. And so when we think about what does Advent mean, first and foremost, we look back and remember and celebrate that time. Uh, the, the spiritual peace that is available from God is something that you can have today. If that's not something that you have asked for before, that, that is available to you here and now. 
and you receive that simply by faith. It has nothing to do with being a good person or working hard. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 5.1 that, wrong page there, the Bible tells us in Romans 5.1 that we have been, we're justified by faith and, and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's simply, uh, it's, it's simply grace, which is an unmerited gift, not anything that we do. And if that's something you haven't done, again, I would encourage you to do that here today. For those of us that have made that decision and, and uh, have experienced that, it's something for us to look back to celebrate, to remember, to recall the importance of. <clears throat> the next thing is that Advent speaks to the future, uh, to that final stage of, of restoration where things are made right again and we are able to live in, in that perfect harmony and peace with the Lord for the rest of eternity. That is so great and something that we can look forward to. Um, this verse tells us in, in Isaiah 7 that there's not going to be any end to that, okay? Uh, so when Christ returns as, uh, and, and fulfills his kingdom as Savior and Judge, that's going to be something that is unending. It's going to be complete. Uh, and, and it says here, ever-increasing. So what do we do in this period where we're in between? And... You know, we're looking forward with a confident hope and expectation that that's going to happen. Uh, but again, it, we're still here. <laughs> so what do we do? Well, uh, the prophet Jeremiah speaks to the ancient Israelites uh, in, in the context of uh, Jeremiah 29. They're about to go into exile, and he calls them to seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which he's sending them. Right? There are a lot of needs. Look around, right? How can, how can I, how can you be a person of peace where God has placed you here and now? There are many needs. There are many challenges. There are many injustices. There are many causes that need uh, men and women who have been transformed and renewed by Christ to be able to go out into the world and make a difference with grace and love and peace. How can you do that? I think it starts in our own hearts by recognizing and elevating the priority and centrality of Christ in our own lives. And when we are able to do that, the causes that we care about are going to be best served. They're going to be best served by people living as Christ called them to, as, as he made them to be, uh, loving, sacrificially, with kindness in, in their hearts. Those things are going to be uh, lifted up. Those causes that we care about are going to be improved by that. Because when we look back on the Bible and the stories that we read here, these are real people with real lives that dealt with the same things that we're dealing with now. And uh, the issues are the same. It's always been about the human, it's always been about the human heart. And the answer remains the same as well. We're, we are only able uh, to advance uh, and to improve those things, those injustices that we see through God, uh, through, through His 
work in our lives and his grace is what really causes change in those areas. So open your eyes, look around, see what he might call you to do, to do and, and ask yourself, how can I be a person of peace in my family, my community, my city, my world? Who knows? He might have something new and exciting for you to do. Well, I want to close our time here with a final uh, prayer and benediction from Romans 15, 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you ab will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you.